Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining another episode of The View from 30,000 Feet. My name is Aditi Mehta, and today we have a special edition episode to cover a very uh, hot topic, coronavirus. Right now, there's a lot of turmoil in the travel industry, and things are changing very rapidly. And it's given that by the time you hear this episode, more things will have changed. It's clear that this is a tremendous global impact and extreme impact to the aviation industry, and we would be remiss not talking about it. So I wanted to invite um, two people from pros that you guys have met before and talked to on this podcast. So I'd like to introduce Michael Brownfield, who is the Vice President of Professional Services, and then uh, Justin Jander, who leads the product management team for our revenue management solutions. So welcome, guys. Um, I'm just going to jump into the questions then. So the impact of coronavirus is changing rapidly. New markets are being affected daily. And just yesterday, we've heard um, news about limited travel now from Europe into the U.S., as well as markets like India revoking visas. And so can you talk a little bit about how airlines are having to shift quickly and what is the response that you're seeing on the ground now? Yeah, I guess I'll start. I'm also curious to hear Justin's reaction. Um, the, the first thing that airlines are doing is, or that they're having to do, is really reduce capacity as much as possible so that they can reduce their operating costs. Um, it's not easy to do that at some of these airlines that have you know, high, high fixed cost structures. Um, but to the extent that they're able to cut capacity, it, it's helping. So you see the news, uh, for instance, of Lufthansa grounding its entire fleet of A380s. Um, same thing with um, with Qantas, you have the news of Cathay cutting routes. I think airlines are doing what they can responsibly to serve their customers, but also make sure that they have um, the right size network in, in the face of the, the crisis that we're facing. Um, they're also doing other things like offering paid and unpaid leave to their to their staff so that they can reduce their costs. I, I think that's on the kind of the business side. They're also having to keep tabs on the geopolitical changes that are happening. So airlines have a lot of responsibility to adhere to the government regulations that are getting rolled out on a daily basis, uh, making sure that they're not boarding passengers uh, who are under travel restrictions or making sure that they're not operating to places that have have shut down. And then some airlines are also having to just logistically reaccommodate passengers from other airlines that have been uh, disadvantaged. So there was the news obviously last week of of FlyB declaring bankruptcy and, uh, you know, there were some airlines that the pros works with that I got news of that had to, you know, quickly reaccommodate passengers who were on code shares or other things like that. So there's a logistical challenge, too. But I'm curious to hear what Justin's hearing, too. Yeah, so obviously, I think you covered a lot of it there. But I think the big thing that I found interesting is how it's evolved, uh, because when it first started coming out, it sort of started out as, okay, we got to cancel some flights. And people sort of reacted to that as like, okay, we have, I mean, obviously, we're not going to fly to these affected places. And so it was more about, okay, well, how do we handle the flights that are canceled to these places? And how are we managing that situation? And then it started kind of growing. So you're canceling more flights. Then the the regions around the affected areas started seeing lower demand. And so now it's no longer just, oh, we can't fly to these places. Now we shouldn't, we don't need to fly to these places. And that's where the stuff Michael talked about of starting to re, redo your capacity. Because in some ways, you know, airlines, I think, even looked at it as, obviously, it, would never say it was a good thing, but they saw this as like, okay, well, we'll do some of the maintenance that we need to do while we have planes on the ground. You kind of start doing some adjustments and then you kind of start seeing it grow. And then you say, well, now we're not flying as many passengers to these places. We start to see hits in those. And then it just sort of starts growing and growing. And then you start getting to the part where uh, now it's no longer just your fleet management that's an issue, but now you have personnel things to consider. You're starting to figure out where you want to put people, how you use your teams. 
And of course, everything trickles down from revenue is really the, the, the top part. And revenues are how you obviously pay your people and really uh, kind of drive the, the way that the airline goes. And so then you really start getting into the parts that, that Michael was talking about. And I think that's been the part for me, uh, the, the reaction isn't isn't like uh, uh, other types of events where like a volcano type of thing where there's the volcano blows and you just immediately react. This has been this kind of rolling reaction as you've gone and it, it, it has made the uh, approach to it kind of an, uh, interesting to watch and, and, and see how airlines are reacting and doing the things that Michael did to approach the cost side. And then, of course, as Michael mentioned too, there's, there's all of the ancillary stuff that whenever governments make a decision on something, the airline is the one that actually has to execute on that. Like they have to be the ones to check names and you know, they're sort of in some cases trying to keep up with that. And, uh, you know, there's stories uh, that are that are out there about what information can the airline collect and how quickly can they start collecting that uh, so that, you know, we can keep the country safe and keep uh, keep all the uh, all the countries safe. So there's a lot of things that you don't the airlines not, you know, they're, they're thinking of their position as I'm here to fly people from A to B. And suddenly they're responsible for a whole lot more. And, and that's where you started seeing too the cleaning of the planes and, and messaging around that, how they're getting that out there. And you can see it's just like it went from, oh, we can't just fly to one destination or two destinations to we're seeing this dramatic impact across the entire uh, the network. Yeah. And, and like you guys mentioned, there's so many moving pieces and parts and it's very different than past events. Mm -hmm. But uh, I did want to talk a little bit about past natural disasters. Um, there was the Icelandic volcano that you mentioned. There's events like SARS and Ebola that have, have affected travel, uh, for example, even 9-11. So how can airlines learn from those events and apply that to what's happening today? Yeah, I, I can jump in first there, just, just based on kind of continuing my thought on the volcano. I think, obviously, the one big difference is that, of course, some of the events are, are more kind of snap of the finger, something changes. And that's that's true of the Icelandic volcano. Obviously, SARS and Ebola were, were a similar type of case, but uh, to, to coronavirus, but on a smaller scale. Um, I, I do think there's a lot that airlines can learn from that. Uh, obviously, just understanding how they, they weathered those storms uh, during those times um, and, and, you know, understanding what to do. But, uh, you know, I guess, it, at least in my opinion, this is, this is pretty unprecedented, the types of things that we're seeing. So um, I think you try to take those those events that you have seen and uh, try to blow them up on a, on a grander scale. Michael, anything to add to that? Yeah, I think the, the key word that you, may, that you mentioned was unprecedented. I mean, there's lots of other events in the history of the airline industry that have caused these demand shocks, but this one really, I, I haven't seen any of it in my career. I haven't read, in, read about it in the history of, of the industry, at least in its modern form. But I do think that there are some learnings the industry can take from some of this. One is that making sure that they are on top of, of what's going on and making sure they're adjusting their demand forecasts appropriately, that they're making sure that their capacity is aligned correctly um, and that they're getting ahead of some of these things. And then as we climb out of this, um, I think there's going to be a lot that they need to, to focus on and that they can learn from, quite frankly, to make sure that, uh, you know, on the revenue management side, they're prepared for what this is going to look like in next year's forecast. I think Justin can expand on that later too. But then of course they're gonna have they're gonna have a huge role to play in making sure that they're they're regenerating demand. Um, and in a lot of regards, I think that is similar to what we saw in the recovery of the industry after September eleventh, for instance, where they're gonna have to do more on the sales side and the marketing side to to generate demand um, and then re really re 
I guess, build back up their their customer base and then start to revenue manage that uh, as the capacity comes back. So let's now shift to that revenue management conversation. Uh, how are airlines working with pros, for example, to um, adjust in this volatility? Michael, can you walk us through what pros is doing to support our customers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, our our legacy of pros is in the airline industry. We're we're feeling the pain with this, just like our customers are. And I, it's um, it's hard for me to be out there talking to our customers. I just got back from a trip, and obviously, I won't be traveling again anytime soon for work uh, or for pleasure, for that matter. And it was hard to be with customers and and just kind of see their reactions. And so we we feel for them, and we're trying to do everything we can to support them. We've been doing um, multiple. Um, conference calls with our customers that are open to all of our customers where our, we make our product experts available to them so that they can talk about how to adjust demand forecasts, how to uh, reset strategies in our RTDP product or, or whatever is necessary for them to respond to this crisis. And we're going to continue to do that. Um, we're going to continue to have sessions um, where we are just making all of the experts that we've got available to our customers to, to help them through this. We are proactively working with our customers to uh, move any upcoming engagements we've got, whether it's a software deployment or a training or uh, some kind of um, creative workshop, to, to either move that to a remote session where we can make it as collaborative as possible using new collaboration tools or reschedule it as necessary. So you know, we're trying to do everything we can to help them get through this. And Justin, what are some of the recommendations that we're making to help airlines manage future and current forecasts? Yeah, so the word that Michael and I have both used is unprecedented. And if you think about unprecedented things, that that uh, that's hard to forecast, right? You, it's really hard to forecast something you've never seen before, whether that's a system doing the forecast or whether that's a user trying to help a forecast. So a lot of what we're doing right now is is there's a few different areas of focus. One is on what to do with flights that have been canceled and passengers that have been reaccommodated to make sure that those uh, those markets where there's just full-blown cancellations that have happened, uh, those we make sure that they come back in a, in a way when they come back into the schedule that the forecast can recover well for those. Um, and, and in reality, those are actually a bit of an easier thing to handle, believe it or not, uh, because when you cancel a flight, our system can kind of project forward of keep the same level and, and make things a little bit easier to come back from. Really, the bigger issue is, of course, these situations where the bookings have just dropped off entirely. So you're still operating, but there's just a tremendous drop in bookings. Um, there's a different ways that we have for approaching that. We're giving some recommendations based on different scenarios. So we're kind of understanding the different ways that we're, we're hearing about it. Uh, one is that we have some tools to help kind of mask that data. So basically act like that, those these periods didn't happen. Um, and just sort of wipe it out from the background. Um, that's probably the easiest way because the good thing there is that next year or, or whenever we come out of this, the system doesn't see this big drop in the forecast. And, and of course, that's a really important part. But no matter what, um, the big thing is, is for the today side, what you do today, it's a lot about what Michael talked about with RTDP or our, the availability tools to make sure that uh, you're opening the right the right classes and giving the right availability given what the market needs right now, which in some cases we're seeing really low fares. And so that's making sure that, okay, the forecast thinks there's a lot of demand because that's what you were expecting last year at this time, and that's not materializing. So you want to make sure that the system is is open to what the strategy is for the airline. So we're helping out with that. And then the real big thing, which uh, I, I think we're going to talk about in a bit, is is what you do when you come out of the situation. And Obviously, a lot of us are, uh, 
are pretty uh, desperate to come out of this situation just from a personal perspective and then obviously globally and, and from the global economy we're, we're all ready for this to be over and and so of course we're looking ahead to try to look at what's going to happen when you come out and from a forecast perspective a lot of it is going to be those who kind of uh, understand their markets and start reading and playing on the the forecast where they think that they should be and it's going to be a lot of trial and error just just being frank i mean again that word unprecedented has been has been used here and, and that's it's tough to know how the market's going to react to that and so the forecast is going to be a big part of that and then of course an rtdp adjustment type of thing are going to be really important as well right so no one has a crystal ball into this and we don't know when it's going to end and but what are some things that airlines can do to recover faster and what do you think that recovery is going to look like so i guess i'll, I'll start and let michael kind of finish up on it but uh i think we're, we're seeing already that that airlines are are uh lowering their fares right now. They're trying to stimulate demand with, uh, with the lower fares just because they, they want people to, to fly and keep, uh, keep the business alive as, as much as they can. And um, I think that's also going to probably be a big part of the strategy coming out. Michael referenced it earlier with them. It's going to become a, a marketing uh, type of activity uh, for the airlines to make sure that they're you know, showing that it's, it's safe. Um, the other thing that I think that's interesting uh, from the airline's perspective and, uh, you know, <laughs> It's an interesting topic because not everybody can relate to it, but one of the things I've been reading about is, is how the airlines will react for their elite travelers. Uh, there's this period of time where frequent flyer programs are now, normally people are right in the heart of earning their statuses and so forth, and those are your most loyal members uh, that fly you, and they're, they're obviously some of the biggest paying members for you too, and, and, so, and, and some of your highest valued passengers. And so now, uh, you've got to make sure that you earn their business back and figure out, are you giving incentives to this or are you uh, to, to keep them around? Are you, how are you treating those passengers? Are you treating them differently? And, and to be honest, I don't know the answer to it necessarily, but I think that it's something that, that the airlines are definitely talking about right now to make sure that, that you come back and say, you know, how do we come out? I think a lot of us think about it from a leisure perspective because that's what we're used to, to doing. But it's not necessarily just leisure passengers. The business travelers are a big part of how we come out of this. Michael, anything else to add? Yeah, I think you had a, a lot of really good points. Um, one thing, so I'd be remiss if I didn't say to get out of this, the airlines need to go back to some of the basics. Um, and, and a lot of that revolves around really disciplined revenue management. So making sure as, as they're climbing out of this, that they're staying on top of their forecasts, making sure that they're you know, opening and closing classes uh, appropriately, that they're staying on top of um, you know, markets where demand may have fundamentally shifted um, and, and doing as much analysis into that as they possibly can. So it's really just a, a back to basics, revenue management 101 type thing. And it's a really good opportunity for them to, to kind of double down on some of those skills um, and, and learn from this adversity. The second thing I would say is a lot of airlines have dramatically cut capacity. Um, and I think as they climb out of this, they're going to have to be very disciplined in how they add back in capacity to the system. And of course that and revenue management go hand in hand. But if you believe you know, some of the analysts who, who look at publicly traded airlines, the thing that they um, worry about the most is excess capacity. Um, and I, I think the industry was, even before this crisis, getting a little bit of pressure from the analyst community about adding too much capacity aggressively. Uh, and so certainly climbing out of this, this crisis is going to, to put a lot more focus on making sure that they're not adding too much capacity too quickly back into the system, which is then going to just tank revenues. Uh, again, that's, that's revenue management 101. 
And then, like I mentioned earlier, I think there's going to be a huge sales and marketing initiative that, that needs to happen to recreate the demand. And Justin mentioned one, one specific case of that, which is with the, you know, high yield passengers, the elite flyers, um, you know, are they going to come back to the particular airline that they were loyal to before? And a lot of that depends on how those airlines are going to treat them through this crisis. But there's lots of other examples where airlines are going to have to really recreate the demand. So they have something to revenue manage going forward. Yeah, great. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for your insight. And um, I know it's a really tough time in the industry right now, and we feel very strongly for our um, airline customers. So I do want to leave this saying that for our airline customers, if you do have questions or concerns or want to pick the brains of these guys, they're here, they're available. Pros in general is available for you. So please do reach out to us. Um, thank you guys for joining another episode of The View from 30,000 Feet.